Hello everyone, this is Fan Talk Angels. I'm your host, Josh Lopez, and I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you had a great time with your family, with your loved ones, your friends, that if you went Black Friday shopping, that you saved yourself a ton of money with the sweet deals out there. But most importantly, that you were safe and sound. Now, last week, we had our very first episode of this podcast. I'm very excited to talk baseball. More importantly, I'm more excited to talk about our Halos, though I will be talking about the league throughout. But last week, as I mentioned, we did talk about little moves that the Angels have made during the offseason. Little moves have been made throughout the league. But for the Angels, let's start off with the coaching staff. We have a brand new coaching staff. Yes, we did retain a couple of them, but for the most part, it's a new staff And it was highlighted by our new skipper, Joe Madden. I'm excited. I think all Angels fans are excited. I think the Angels organization is excited. Joe Madden is amazing. He's proved himself around the league with the Tampa Bay Rays, with the Chicago Cubs. You know, Tampa Bay had never been to the World Series, and he took them there. He made that franchise a very, very competitive franchise. Especially in the tough AO East. The things he did out there with the Rays, it's amazing. And he kind of just turned them around from being that team that kind of just struggled to get over fourth place to now a legitimate competitor in the AO East. And then he goes to the Cubs, where he breaks the curse, where he wins a World Series, something that had not been done in over a hundred years. It's amazing. He's he is amazing. I am excited. I am stoked. We also talked about some of the players that are no longer with us because they are free agents. There's Cole Calhoun, JC Ramirez, Trevor Cahill, Luis Garcia, Justin Bohr, Caleb Cowart, Nick Tropiano, and Miguel Del Pozo. All of them being free agents now. A lot of them are pitchers, but to be honest with you, they really didn't help. So, It doesn't really hurt losing these players to free agency. I am going to say I was expecting something good out of Trevor Cahill and Justin Bohr, but it didn't work out. At least they were one-year deals, so it doesn't really hurt the wallet. Cole Calhoun, of course, being a fan favorite, being one of my favorites, extremely, I mean, his defense is really, really, really great, Uh, and he has a ton of power. But he doesn't get on base very often. And I think that's what could have cost him uh, to get bought out and become a free agent. But it's a good thing for him because I do believe he's going to get a multi-year deal somewhere else. So if we're not too selfish, it's kind of a win-win. Everyone talks about the Angels' needs being pitching. And it's true. All the fans... All fans know that Angels need pitching. Our starting pitching was horrifying, to say the least. It was terrible. It was the worst in my head, of course. I mean, we weren't the worst in the league, but we were definitely in the bottom 10 for a a fact. Starting pitching was the worst between starting pitching and the bullpen. So, yes, Angels need pitching. They need pitching, and they need pitching. But they also need catching. They need a corner outfielder, and they might possibly need a third baseman as well. But if Angels do not do anything about the starting pitching, 
than we have failed during the offseason this year. If Angels want to compete, that's where they need to start. Now let's talk about the payroll. Going into the 2020 season, the Angels payroll is right about $140, 40000000 I'm sorry, right about $140 million. But Artie Moreno, the owner of the Angels, did mention that he is willing to stretch out his wallet a bit this upcoming season. So let's just guess, take a little guesstimate here, that it'll go up to about $185 million. It's it's very similar to the 2016-2017 seasons with the Angels. So it'll give us roughly about $45 million to spend this offseason. Now, I do want to remind everyone that this is uh, solely based on opinion. I am not tied in with the Angels organization. I'm not an insider. I'm not a professional writer of any sort. This is strictly me being a fan and stating opinions of how I believe Angels should go about this offseason. And of course, you guys are more than welcome to voice your opinions as well, the listeners. But let's talk about it. Let's. We were playing a little bit of GM, fantasy GM per se. Let's talk about the starters. Last, last week, I spoke about signing Gio Gonzalez. Gio Gonzalez is a really good pitcher. And I think because of last year, he might be a little bit un, underrated just because he came in a little bit late and he did get a little hurt. But Gio Gonzalez, he pitches a ton of innings throughout his career. Throughout his career, he pitches a lot of innings. And it's crazy because that's something that the Angel starters have been struggling to be doing for these past couple of seasons. So obviously signing someone like Gio Gonzalez would be a very smart move. And I'd say we should pitch him a two-year, $20 million contract, more or less. You know, he, he's coming off of a one-year, $2 million contract. So it's a big raise for him. And it would be good for him to prove himself again and become that legitimate starter in his career. Another person I mentioned that we should sign is Michael Pineda. Michael Pineda is coming off a two-year, $10 million deal. He pitched very well last season. And just like Gio, he's known for pitching a good amount of innings throughout his career, including last season. So Michael Pineda... I'd offer him something similar to that deal. I'd say about two years, 12 million more or less. Then there's Julio Teheran. I said we should sign him. Now, Julio, Julio Teheran is, he's a little bit of an interesting story. He came into the league with the Atlanta Braves. He was a big pitcher. Everyone was excited about him. He was a future ace, but he's not really translating to that ace. However, he is still a legitimate pitcher i'd put him in number two maybe number three but that's just my opinion of course now he's coming off of a six-year 32 and a half million dollar contract that he had signed with atlanta so i'd probably offer him a three-year 27 million dollar deal keep it short he's making his money nine million a year can't complain right and then the fourth starting pitcher that i would sign would be tony roark tony roark is not your ace, and he's probably not even on the friend end of your rotation. However, he is a legitimate pitcher that, just like these other three guys, he will give you innings, and that's what the Angels need. Starters that will give you innings and that will keep you in ball games. So even though Tony Roark is the weakest one out of the four, he will keep you in games. He will give you a ton of innings, and that's what I'm looking at. 
So he's coming off of a one-year $10 million, $10 million deal. I'd offer him a three-year deal. Three years, $25 million. Right around, what, eight, a little bit over $8 million. So my total investment, if I signed all four of these pitchers, would be right around $33 million, And it would leave us about $12 million in our bank to play with. But if I signed all four of these pitchers, I'd have a six-man rotation. Six men, including, of course, Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani, he's coming off of, well, not last season, but the season before he had Tommy John surgery. So we all know he's going to be limited in innings, uh, probably pitch counts in every game that he pitches. There's people even mentioning that they should just do the whole five-man rotation and have Shohei strictly pitch on Sundays, which is a good idea, I think. You know, it would um, definitely be better on his arm and we would get to see him swing the bat so that's a great idea as well but it would be a six-man rotation so we would have Shohei Otani pitching Gio Gonzalez Michael Pineda Griffin Canning Julio Tejeron and Tanner Roark I legitimately believe that if you have that six-man rotation you will have a winning record I legitimately believe that if you have that six-man rotation, you will com- be competing for, at the bare minimum, a wild-card spot into the playoffs. I can't say for sure that they are better than the Astros. But I can definitely say they are a ton better than they have been the f- last few seasons. And that they would compete for a wild-card spot. Now, this is obviously going based off of hoping that everyone is healthy. And in in order to do that, my goal would be for all four of these pitchers, I'll say five, including Griffin Canning, to pitch a minimum of 150 innings for each one of them. If I can get that 150 innings out of each one minimum and get 100 to 120 innings out of Shohei Otani, that would make us look gold. So what's going to happen with our other starters? Well, I would say either trade them or keep them in the minors for the young guys. So I would trade Jaime Berea. I don't trust the guy at all. Andrew Heaney. I think he's overrated, to be honest. I, I understand he's an Angels pitcher, and, he, and he's been with us for a couple seasons now, and he was Tyler Skaggs' best friend. I get that. But at the end of the day, I want to win. And Andrew Heaney is not reliable. He gets hurt way too often. He gives up the long ball. His ERA is just... He gives up a lot of earned runs, man. Strikes out a lot of people. That's good. But I need everything else as well. Jose Suarez is too young. Um, I would honestly let him develop a little bit more in the minor leagues. But if I can trade him, as a, if I can use him as a trade chip, I will. And the last person I would trade to get a little bit more in my bank is Andrelton Simmons, as I mentioned last week. Now, I know Andrelton Simmons is loved by everyone in the league. All the fans love him. He is a super, super great defender. But at the end of the day, he is coming off. I mean, he is coming into his final year and he's owed $15 million. So as much as I love Simba, it's going to be his final season with us. And instead of having another situation 
like Cole Calhoun's, where we just let him walk, why not just trade him and get something in return while we're boosting up our bank? We're freeing up some money. If we trade those four players I just mentioned, Jose Suarez and Jaime Barilla obviously aren't big uh, money, but we can use them as trade chips. And then Andrew Heaney, who's owed about $5 million, and Simba, who's owed about 15, we'd have about $24 million, $21 million that we freed up, plus the $12 million uh, based on the expansion of the wallets from Artie Moreno. Now we have a total of about $33 million that we can play with. So then I mentioned we should sign two relievers because our bullpen was not good, but it wasn't as terrible. It was weak, but it wasn't terrible. So I'm thinking, why not sign Will Harris? Will Harris, sure, you can say that he choked in Game 7 of the World Series, and it's because of him that they lost, and the Astros should have won, and blah, 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 blah. At the end of the day, Will Harris was an amazing pitcher. Is an amazing pitcher. He's extremely underrated. Will Harris is coming off of a two-year, $5 million deal. I would try to, I'd pitch him a two-year, $24 million deal. It's a raise from what he has been getting, $2.5 million per year, so he'd be getting $8 million now. And it's two years, I mean, he is a little bit older, but he's proved himself. He is a legitimate relief pitcher and I really really like him I think he's extremely underrated another person I mentioned was Drew Pomerantz so Drew Pomerantz was a starting pitcher we all know him as a starter but last season he got traded to Milwaukee from San Francisco and Milwaukee started using him into their bullpen so they utilized him as a bullpen guy and his numbers were amazing so I did say that we should sign him However, he ended up signing with San Diego for a four-year, four $34 million deal, which is great for him. Um, I had pitched three-year, $21 million. Uh, so, obviously, they beat me by a year, and they beat me by $13 million. Uh, and even if I would have offered him a four-year, $28 million deal, you know, just adding one more year at the same annual value I was giving him before. He would choose San Diego because they gave him an $8 million bonus just to sign that contract. So, But hey, power to him. That's fine. So our original investment with Drew Pomerantz was $15 million and we had $18 million left in our bank. However, because of the signing with San Diego, now our investment is $8 million on Will Harris for the year. And it leaves us $25 million left in our bank. So the way I would play our bullpen, I would have Felix Pena as our long relief pitcher. Our middle relief would be Jose Rodriguez, Cam Bedrosian, Noe Ramirez, Kenyon Middleton, and Ty Buttry. And then we have our setup man, Hansel Robles, with our new closer, Will Harris. That sounds great. I really, really like that bullpen. And it's even better when we shut Shohei down because of his Tommy John surgery or coming back from the surgery. 
we can actually use, if we want to stick to the six-man rotation, we can use Cam Bedrosian as our opener and have Felix Pena pitch innings either two through six or three through seven. The numbers do not lie. Cam Bedrosian is a really good opener. And Felix Pena does a lot better following the opener than when he would start as the starting pitcher. So, so far that's what I got. Our six-man rotation, Shohei, Gio, Michael Pineda, Griffin Canning, Julio Tehran, Tanner Rorock. Six-man rotations. And then our bullpen, I got Felix Pena, Jose Rodriguez, Cam Bedrosian, Noe Ramirez, Kenyon Middleton, Ty Buttry, Hanzo Robles, and Will Harris. A little reminder, we are now going to be on a 26-man roster rather than the 25. And when it expands in September, rather than the 40 being called up or it being a 40-man roster, it'll only be 28. So this pitching I really, really like. I really like it. Um, And I think it's not too much money to invest. Um, Yes, I don't think Angels should go for Garrett Cole. I don't think they should go for Steven Strasburg or even Zach Wheeler. Um, not only are they going to be expensive, 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 but the Angels do not have a strong farm system. They cannot risk giving up draft picks to sign one or two pitchers that will literally cost you all the money for this offseason. And that will not be enough to get the Angels over the hump. I don't even want to... They, I mean, they might have a winning record, maybe. But you're relying on two guys. I just signed five for less than what one would cost. Maybe not Zach Wheeler, but I'm talking strictly about uh, Cole and Strasburg. But enough about the pitching. That was last week. Today, we're going to focus on catching. As I mentioned last week, catching and today, catching is one of the one of our weakest, weakest defensive positions that no one wants to talk about. I shouldn't even say defensive positions. One of our positions, period, in our lineup or in defense. We have, as of right now, our catching options are Kevin Smith and Max Stasi. We do have Anthony Bamboom as a third option. He'll probably start off in AAA, you know, unless someone gets hurt or something like that. But honestly speaking, defensively, it's we're a liability. It's a fact. Um, and I, I just don't like that mix. I, I mean, Max Stasi is a career backup catcher. You know, a career backup catcher. He He's not good. He's not good. Let's talk about some numbers. Kevin Smith, in 191 at-bats, he had five home runs, 20 RBIs. He hit for an average of 251 with an on-base percentage of 318 and a slugging percentage of 393 with 16 walks and 37 strikeouts. The numbers are low. They're not the best. Offensively, he's, he's pretty decent, though. But what he's really known for is his at-bats versus left-handed pitching. He destroys them, and that's what he's been known for in his career. This last season, in 68 at-bats versus left-handed pitchers, he had one home run, 12 RBIs, but he had a 338 average, a 410 on-base percentage, a 500 slugging percentage, and he walked eight times and struck out 11 times. 
So he's slugging pretty good, and he's getting on base. That's something the Angels catching has not done, period. Even when we had Mike Napoli, the guy that would hit bombs, he would not get on base much, and he would strike out a lot. So if we can have Kevin Smith in our starting lineup versus left-handed pitching, I'd love it. It'd be amazing. Look, let's look at Max Stasi's numbers. In 132 at-bats total, he had one home run and five RBIs for a total of a 136 batting average, 211 on-base percentage, and a 167 slugging percentage. He walked 12 times and he got struck out 49 times. I don't, I don't like it. Not one bit. I mean, he doesn't hit for a high average. He doesn't get on base. His slugging is terrifying. And he strikes out a good amount too. So, I don't like it. And then there's Anthony Benboom. He had a short stint with the, with the big league club. He only had 54 at-bats, one home run, four RBIs, a 130 average, 145 on-base percentage, and a 204 slugging. Now, he only walked one time and struck out 20, 21 times. So, just like Stasi, his offense is just, I mean, sure, it's his first time in the big league, but still, I just don't, I don't like it. I don't trust it. I think Angels really, really need to do something about their catching situation because, again, starting pitching, yes, even with the moves I've made in my fantasy GM moves, uh, it's still not enough. It's still not enough. Now, Max Stassi is actually known for his defense. He's obviously not known for his offense. Um, Everyone knows he's a defensive guy. He's uh, Jeff Mathis, per se. But he had a fielding percentage of 995, which is not bad. And he only threw out 19% of the base runners or people trying to steal on him. He caught 19% of them. Kevin Smith had the exact same fielding percentage, but he only caught 14 base stealers, which is very, very low. Ben Boom, on the other hand, did have 46%. He caught 46% of them, which is extremely high, and that's really good. He does have a strong arm and he's known for it. But, you know, that's what I'm trying to get at is Kevin Smith and Max Stassi defensively are relatively close. The difference is that Stassi can throw better and throws runners out, you know, higher, at least at a higher percentage than Kevin Smith. But it's still low, I believe. Um, you know, it's nothing special for me to say I want to keep Max Stassi on the team. So what I would do is I would actually keep Kevin Smith as a backup or, you know, put him in the lineup versus left-handed pitchers, you know, because he's at least an average defender and obviously he's very, very good versus left-handed pitching. So from what we have that's available in the free agents as a catcher, obviously everyone wants Yasmani Grandal. Or wanted, I should say. I myself wanted him, but we knew he was going to have a, a big price tag. And he just recently signed a four-year, $73 million contract with the White Sox. He's getting paid, and he's getting paid big. You know, he has a limited no-trade clause after the 2020 season. But for the 2020 season, it's a strict no-trade clause, period. So, obviously, he's off the table. Probably, I mean, as much as I like them for his offense... 
the end of the day, he was going to be too expensive for me anyway. So I would say we should either sign Robinson Chirinos, who had 366 at-bats, 17 home runs, with 58 RBIs. With a 238 average, a 347 on-base percentage, and he slugged for 443 with 51 walks and 125 strikeouts. Or we should sign Jason Castro, a left-handed hitter, left-handed left-handed hitting catcher who had 237 at-bats, 13 home runs, 30 RBIs. He hit with a 232 average, a 332 on-base, and a 435 slugging with 33 walks, 88 strikeouts. These two, I think, would fit the Angel system pretty well. Chirinos, he's a 30, he's going to be 35 years old, or he is 35. You know, his fielding percentage is the same at 995, just as Stassi and Smith's is. But he did catch 21 base runners or base stealers. Um, but let's look at his numbers versus right-handed pitching since we agreed that Kevin Smith would be the left-handed pitting catcher or the catcher that would face left-handed pitching. So Chirinos versus right-handed pitchers had 282 at-bats, 14 home runs, 41 RBI, 227 batting average, 315 on base, 433 slugging. Not the best. But honestly... I think it's decent, at least compared to, you know, Kevin Smith hitting versus righties or Max Stassi in general. Uh, yeah, he had 14 home runs, 41 RBIs, 27 walks, and 32 strikeouts. The strikeout to walk ratio is actually pretty good there. It's not too bad. But let's look at Jason Castro. Jason Castro, the 32-year-old left-handed hitting catcher, he didn't play too, too much as a catcher because the Twins also had Williams Astudillo and Mitch Garver. Mitch Garver had an amazing season. But even then, Jason Castro had a 999 fielding percentage. It was almost perfect. He had one error all season. He threw out 19% base stealers. And versus right-handed pitching, he had 197 at-bats, 13 home runs, 27 RBIs, he had a 254 batting average, a 354 on base, and a 497 slugging. He walked 28 times and struck out 69 times. So you look at his batting versus right-handed pitchers. His batting average is right around league average. His on-base percentage is probably right around league average. And his slugging, I would say it's the same. But I kind of like it. It would give us another left-handed bat in, the, in our lineup. It would help out because as of right now, it would be Shohei and some of our youngsters that are lefties. So Jason Castro would be a nice pickup as well. I'd offer J Robinson Chirinos a two-year no a two-year sixteen million dollar deal, since he's coming off of a one-year five and three quarters millions, or Jason Castro a three-year twenty-one million dollar deal. He's coming off of a three-year twenty-four and a half million. But since last season he didn't play too much and the season prior to that he had that knee injury, I think he kind of needs to prove himself again into a lineup. But there's a twist here. There's a trade. Omar Novaez from the Seattle Mariners. According to Halo Hangout, there was an article that they put out that 
they need young pitching, the Mariners do, and it's true, and we need catching, and it's true. So he thought maybe trading Jaime Berea for Omar Narvaez would have been a good fit, and I couldn't agree more. Narvaez had 428 at-bats, 22 home runs, 55 RBI, with his slash line of 278, 353, and 460. He walked 47 times and struck out 92 times. Narvaez will be 28 next season. He's a left-hitting catcher. His fielding isn't the best at 992, uh, and he only caught 18 base runners or base dealers. But versus righties, he had 353 at-bats, 20 home runs, 45 RBIs, with a slash line of 289, a 346 on-base percentage, and a 490 slugging. I like this deal. I like Narvaez. He's young. He's a left-handed hitting catcher. He's only owed $2.9 million for 2020, and he is under team control until 2022. The thing is that the Mariners have Tom Murphy, and they have Austin Nola that can do some of the catching for them, so they can trade him. And, you know, the Angels top, from all of their top, 30 prospects, zero of them are catchers. So it's not like we have a catcher coming up in the system where we can say, well, we can we can take a hit for another year or two. We need someone and we need them now and we need someone that we can control. And I think Narvaez would be perfect. So from the catchers, I have three options. My, my first option and the best option I would say is trade for Omar Narvaez. That would be a $3 million investment and it would leave us with $22 million in our bank. Option number two, I would actually go with Jason Castro. I'd sign him for $7 million annual value, and it would leave us with $18 million in our bank. Or the last option, I'd go with Chirinos. The annual value would be at $8 million. That's a pretty decent investment, and it would leave us with $17 million in the bank. I think any one of those three options would be very good, I would still try to shoot for Omar Novaez. It's, it's a great deal, I think. Let's talk about first base as well. Our face, first base options are pretty limited, to say the least, thanks to Albert Pujols' giant contract. But at the same time, I'm excited about it because we have two young guys that are coming up in our system, and we saw a little bit of them last season in the big league club. So because of the fact that Otani's covering DH... This is pretty much what's going to happen in 2020, at least I believe. Uh, Pujols is still with us for the 2020 season and the 2021 season. During the 2020 season, he's going to make $29 million. In 2021, he'll make $30 million. And then after that, he will no longer be playing for us. I do think he's a big asset to our club. He drives in a lot of runs. He still hits a couple of homers, but he's definitely not worth that kind of money. See, last season in 491 at-bats, he had 23 home runs and 93 RBIs, which is, it's good, right? He's hitting home runs, he's bringing in runs, but he hit for a 244 average, a 305 on base, and a 430 slugging. He had 43 walks and 68 strikeouts. So the good thing is, he's putting the ball in play. He's not striking out a ton. But he's a little bit better versus left-handed pitching. He had 165 at-bats. 11 home runs, 
37 RBIs for a 261 average, a 315 on base, and a 515 slugging with 14 walks, 22 strikeouts. So if, obviously you're paying him this kind of money. You can't just sit him or bench him or send him to the minor leagues. You have to utilize him. And I know a lot of people are saying, oh, well, you should trade him. Well, I don't think anyone is going to take that giant contract, even if Angels decided to pay half of it. So what I would do is limit him to batting versus left-handed pitching and maybe have half of his right-handed pitching at bats be split into the younger guys, which is our, the younger guys are Matt Thias and Jared Walsh. So Thias is a 24-year-old who was actually drafted as a catcher. And last season he did play in the big leagues, but it was a small sample size. So I'm going to throw out the minor league numbers. He had 310 at-bats, 14 home runs, 49 RBIs, with a 274 average, a 390 on base, a 477 slugging. He walked, what was it, 59 times. He walked 59 times, and he had 64 strikeouts. So he, too, puts the ball in play, and he gets a ton of walks. That's a really good thing. He's a, a left-handed hitter. Um, I, I, I really like him. I think he'll be a big part of the future. So hopefully they retain him and they don't train a, trade him. Uh, defensively, you know, he was drafted as a catcher, so he had to learn first base, and then the Angels started throwing him in third base. and So his defense is it's getting better. Uh, he's not the best, but I prefer him at first base. And what's really good is the Angels have him under control until 2024. So, again, he could be a big part of their future. Jared Walsh was 26 years old. He, too, had a small sample size in the big leagues. Uh, so I'm going to throw out some minor league numbers. He had 382 at-bats, 36 home runs, 86 RBIs, for a 325 average, a 423 on base, and a 686 slugging. He was killing it out there. 59 walks, 115 strikeouts. He does strike out quite a bit, but he does get some walks, and the guy has power. And what's crazy is the fact that he can pitch. He's very stingy with the home runs. He doesn't give up any home runs. So who knows? Maybe he might be the next two-way player like Otani. Um, maybe they see, you know, he did pitch a little bit last season, but it was very, very little. So we can't really say anything yet. But I don't know how they're going to be planning to use him. Uh, he would, If he does pitch, he's definitely a bullpen guy. Uh, I would personally prefer him out in the outfield because he's not a very good defender. Uh, but just like Matt Thias, he is under control until 2023, actually. So, again, these two guys can be a big part of the Angels' future, and they're both left-handed hitters. So, I'm excited about our, our first base options for the future. And they're both left-handed. Um, there's a ton of right-handed pitchers in the league, so it's a good thing. I think it's, a, it's, it's good there. Um, we just got to take a hit for two more seasons with Pujols. And then from there, we can play some more. Um, but yeah, that'll actually do it for today's episode. Uh, we talked about the catchers. We talked about first base. Next week, we'll talk about second base and shortstop. Some of our options. What can we move around? I did trade um, Andrelton Simmons. Let's remember that. So we'll talk about it next week. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter at FantalkAngels. Let us know what you think about my GM moves. You know, if you, if you like them, dislike them, what you would make 
you know, as far as moves, some differences, or if you just have some Q&A for me, I'll answer you as well by using the hashtag FantalkHalos. Hashtag FantalkHalos. Or you can email us directly at FantalkAngels at gmail.com. FantalkAngels at gmail.com. I'll be more than happy to respond. Maybe even put some of your questions here on the episode next week. Go ahead and have a great time, you guys. And I'll see you next week.